host of The Cell. I invite you to listen to our program every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP 94.1 FM, Columbus. I'd like to welcome back our listeners for part two with the City of Columbus Fire Department with Felicia Jackson. So please sit back and relax and enjoy. Chemicals or anything, um, it could be any, um, a place that deals with uh, tires that goes up um, that has a fire. If you have a, a certain amount, you know, a, a, if you're a tire place and you keep, those are like types of hazards, like pallets, tires that you don't normally think. You think of hazards, you might think of certain types of chemicals. But if if you have a place that, that keeps nothing but pallets and pallets are stacked up for like uh, um, yards of pallets, that, that's, that can be, a, that's a hazard. So we have a hazmat team. We have a, a rescue team, heavy rescue. So if you have cars that um, that where people are pinned and can't get out, you would get a heavy rescue response. Or um, trucks that are turned over, you might get heavy rescue and hazmat. We have um, the bomb squad. We have arson investigators, so people that come in after the fire um, in a house or in a car, if, if a car is set on fire. We have, um, or if there's a, any type of bomb threat, and Columbus is the only uh, division in the state that has a bomb squad on the division. So if you, if you, if that's something that you're interested in, you get it's you have to be on the department for a certain amount of years, and of course those are very coveted spots. So it's not like you know there's 1,600 firefighters, and there's not like there's there's you know, a thousand bomb right. positions. Exactly. But if that's what that's where your interest is and that's where you that's where you're trying to go, then you have that ability you, you do have that option to go there or to try for it. We even have dog handlers. So we have people that handle dogs that stay with that firefighter. They that that are arson dogs and that are bomb dogs. So if you like if you like pets and you like handle, you you think, hey, I'm kind of interested in it, but I don't know if I necessarily want to be a bomb pet, but I like that environment. You may, you may have, we had one female so far. I don't know if we had, if we had any other female, but I do know of one, um, two. When I came on, we had one female that was a dog handler, and I think we have another female now that's a dog handler. But um, we don't have very many female on the department, females on the department, and I think it's really cool that some of these females are going in in the directions of arson and and bomb squad because because we can we can do what's required on the job. Well, thank you. Um, how does, um, Felicia, how does it um is your family allowed to come up and visit when you're doing your uh, time at the station? They are, and 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 you know, I, I once again compared to Columbus to Cincinnati because I always tease with my family, and I say, well, you know, I'm actually on the real CFD. You won't you won't see, but I'm actually on the real one. So uh, we have every Saturday um, pizza night, and we invite the family. You can invite your family up 
for pizza and to hang out at the fire station. And I, I know that was one of the coolest things that I thought um, the division did for families. And I tell people, the, the fire stations, uh, we are public servants. So the fire stations are public buildings. You might can't get in all the time, and especially with COVID now, they kind of restricted, you know, the access to the um, to the fire stations. But you are allowed to come up to the fire stations. If you have questions, you can come up to the fire station. I remember I was at Station 20, and I had a lady that used to come and get her blood pressure checked every day. I think I, we did, and I just liked her. And she would come in and get her blood pressure checked. But those are things that we do. Um, we had kids you can that came up, and they would always get their uh, bike um, tires filled with the air. And um, uh, some people we I had a guy that would just when I was at another station at 19th that would just come and sit and and chat with the with the um, firefighters. But I think people tend to think it's it, they're curious. And so you, if you see them out, you see the bay doors open, and they're out in the bay. People will come up and and talk. And I, when I when I was at 19th, I used to have I invited a couple of kids. I was out doing hydrants, and I saw some children. And I said, "Come up to the station on Saturday and see me. If you know, come hang out with." And I never thought they would. And hit her. Their mom said, "They've been trying to get up here." on a Saturday, and I said, you guys, they just happened to come on the Saturday that I was there, so that I gave them a tour of the fire station, but I feel like um, it, it, I'm very proud of what I do, and, I, and I'm proud to serve the community, and I, and I, enjoy, and I enjoy the community coming in and, and talking to me and talking to all of us. What determines how many trucks you send? Like, our house caught on fire. We had, I do believe, three fire trucks and an emergency squad. And it wasn't a big fire. My husband just caught the kitchen on fire um, from leaving the shrimp on, and somehow he forgot it and he went and took a shower. Next thing you know, smoke's uh-huh. all in and everything. So they come in, and, of course, they went behind the wall where the fire, because, I mean, it went all up in there. But we had three fire trucks. and. Uh, an emergency squad. During them repairing our house, we stayed at the Embassy Suites. Embassy Suites had a, the fire alarm went off, and there was only one fire truck. And me and my husband was like, why is it three for ours <laughs> and one for the Embassy Suites? Can you kind of shed some light on that? So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to shed it and, and, and make it, like, kind of basic. So we have what we call fire response. And um, when you ha- – what you have – when what goes out on a report of a fire is so many apparatus, okay? So then when the person gets there and they say – and usually it's a lieutenant or it could be somebody riding in charge, like a firefighter such as myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm acting, acting as a lieutenant – I get up on scene and I see that it actually is a fire. I call back to dispatch and I say, Columbus Fire, make this a working fire. So when I make this a working fire, then I get a another assignment. So you get so then you get more apparatus on scene. So it 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 depends now and then done on a fire alarm. 
in a building, you get a certain assignment. So each fire response or each response or each call has a certain apparatus response. So you do, there's been, yeah, there are certain um, a fire alarm that um, goes off and you may only see one engine or you may see an engine and a ladder and that's it. And then you say, well, you came to my house and I had, you know, first I came with two engines and um, a medic and a, a battalion chief and then it was a working fire. Then I got another battalion chief. I got an engine another engine of um a uh a heavy rescue and so it it just as as it goes up and then when it becomes a two alarm then you get another set of of um apparatus and then a three alarm it goes through it it gets even more so for each level of response we have a certain number of apparatus that come out well i'm glad to know that our columbus fire department is keeping us you know, our safety, you know, in mind. Yes, always, always. Could you share with our listeners maybe one of the worst calls that you have been out on to, uh, like, you know, something that has stayed with you as a firefighter? You know, I, I get people that ask me that. And, I, and, and the, I, I, I remember being at school and I answered that question and it was actually a person's relative um, and they knew the call, but I I think um, any time that there's death, there's you there's there's always that um, where you where you start to think because you 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 see a, a a family in pain, and it and it's never it's it's it it doesn't matter. I've seen family member that passed away that. Uh, the family expected the family member to pass away because of a illness. So the passing was expected and the hurt was just as worse. I mean, just as real and just as intense um, after hearing that they had been suffering for years and, and the suffering got worse for months. Then the person where you go on the gunshot wound and or the gunshot and the person passes away. And so it's a, a sudden, not expected um, passing. And the, and, and, the, and the cries and the wails are just the same. There's, there's no difference. So I know that um, I was I always like to say I um, was not an emotional person until I actually had my daughter. But then I think when I came on the fire department and I saw the some of the just some of the things and I haven't seen very much because I'm such a young firefighter as far as the years that I've been on the fire department but it's made me realize that you know with as quick as we see our loved ones that's as quick as we can lose our loved ones and I think that's the that's the biggest thing that uh this has shown me that and you always you you go through life to me and you say you know tomorrow is never promised but then to always see that is com is a completely different thing as quickly as I see someone driving down the street and then we get a call and then they their loved one is no longer with them that's that's you don't see that every day but then on the upside I always like to tell people on the upside one of the first calls 
pause because I think it was within the first first few unit days that I had worked, and I can't remember exactly how many unit days. I saw a lady give birth, and that was I. I the only birth that I had been in was you know with my daughter. So you, in a lot of people in life, that's not something that they get to see, or something that they may experience. But um, it was, it was that joy and those tears were just as powerful to me as tears that I've seen of sorrow. And um, they were like, "Hold it together, Jackson! Hold it together!" Because it was such a, it was such a. You see, such a it was on the opposite end of the spectrum, and I thought this is so great that I get to have this job and I get to see this, and I was part of this. Like no one else can, no one else other than doctors and nurses. You know, you don't just the average Joe like myself. You know, you're just not going to walk down the street and see somebody have a baby. Excuse me for a minute. We need to take an identification break. Hi, this is Ernest Kelly with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to The Cell on 94.1 FM, WGRN, and WGRN.org worldwide. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. So let's go ahead and talk about 991 operators. Now, you said that you used to be, or you still are a 991 operator, Felicia? I am still a 911 operator, and um, I've been certified as an operator since 19, 2019. Okay. What are some of the things that a uh, dispatcher or a call taker, a 99 operator do? Can you kind of walk us through some of that, trying to determine what's real and what's not real? So I, I always like to tell people none of it is real. Um, they they get the environment correct as far as how it's set up. I think um, how it's set up is is pretty much like you see on nine one one with Angela Bassett, and uh, I think it's another nine one one. Uh, not Reno, but 911, another state, Texas, or something like that. But those are, those are the environment and how they, how this call centers are set up is pretty much, uh, pretty much on point. But everything that, uh, a lot of things that the call, the, the dispatcher does is, is, is kind of, um, fake on TV. But uh, when you do call 911, a lot of things that pe- a lot of a misconception that people have is that we actually know where you are. And what we do, what we have is we have a vicinity of where you are because we're going off a of cell tower. So when we call in and we ask questions like, um, 911, what is the address of your emergency? Can I get a phone number just in case we get disconnected? We, it's, we're gathering that information, one, because obviously we've, had, we've lost people on the phone where there's been a disconnection, and we didn't get that information. But we want to get that information first because as we get into the phone call, those two things tend to be, be forgotten. So we we definitely want to get the address first. Now, if you have a land if you have a landline and you call from inside your house, then usually it's spot on. 
the um it has the technology we have the technology to um to see where you're calling from but we also need to verify that you're actually calling from the address so we're still going to ask you for the address so the role of a 911 operator is to make sure that we gather uh in relevant information and we get it in the system so we want to get a good address we want to get a good number we want to get um uh, we want to find out what the emergency is because we want to make sure that we send out the right response for that emergency. It's also important that we know how to give um, life support such as CPR, and we, we are able to give it to a person so that they can actually give viable CPR, you know, while we're teaching them how to do it over the phone. And we also give first aid assistance. We uh, make sure that resources are dispatched. We are constantly communicating back and forth with um, police and um, fire responders while they're on scene. We're monitor we have to monitor the safety of our uh, people when they're on scene. So if we don't hear from a person after 20 minutes, if an apparatus goes to a scene and we don't hear from them in 20 minutes, there's somebody there that 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 is notified. Okay, they we haven't heard from this um, medic in 20 minutes, and then we have to reach out to that medic to make sure that we get that we verbally hear that they are okay and we know what's going on. And then we have to we're always coordinating. Logistics. So, like you said, and with your fire that you had, Miss Felice, you someone mm-hmm. called. I'm sure someone called uh, the Red Cross for you. So, when once the fire is put out, it's they uh, someone on scene talks to us, and we actually contact the Red. We contact Red Cross. We contact AEP. We c- contact. Columbia Gas, whatever is needed on scene or whoever is needed on scene, we make sure that those people get on scene. And then we 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 service the community by talking to them on the phone. Is 911 operator, is that a good game or tutorial that someone can use? Now, this was, I, I, I had never heard of this until um, I was talking to Ms. Felice. I didn't know that was a game. So I looked it up and um it looks pretty good. I can't say that it's a good tutorial or it's a good um you're talking about the game, correct? Right, yeah. That, yeah, I don't I, I, I have never played it. Um but I'm not a gamer either. But from what I saw of uh, uh, what I saw from the the tutorials on playing the game it it looks very very similar to some things now i do want to say what police have and what fire have is two different things a lot of people um don't know that for the city of columbus we have fire 911 dispatchers and then we have police dispatchers so when you call in you go to the first the your first thing that you go to is police and they say 911 is this fire or police related and when you say fire then it comes over to the fire side and we deal we as firefighters deal with anything that is uh that ha- that is medical or fire related 
police. So you have firefighters that are actually taking the 911 call. On the police side, you have civilians that take the call. So anybody can uh, become a 911 operator on the police side. And um, I can't. I don't know how hard it is to get um, onto that uh be, to become a dispatcher for police but i know it is a test you you have to you have to pass a test i think it's a certain amount of typing a speed or it's, it's a whole test that they have to pass and then there's a a, a a a lot of training that they also have to go through so it's um it's not a it's it's not a bad um, it's not, it's not, a, I won't say it's not a difficult process, but it is a process. And a 911, being a 911 is not a, operator is not a hard job, but it is a very stressful job because you, um, you deal with people that at their, you almost at a, at one of the worst moments in their life, you have to be able to talk to and communicate with them to get the information that you need in order to get the um, correct people out to them to help. And a lot of people just, they don't, it's, this is, I need you to get here right now. Just get here. And you have to, you, you have to talk to them to, in a way that you have to tell me where here is. I want to I want to send someone out to you, but you gotta tell me where you are. And I've had people call me that don't know where they are. I don't know, and I say, what was the last thing you saw? Well, tell me, tell me what what's what's the street that you passed? What's a gas station? Did you pass a store? Did you pass? Um, what did you pass that you remember so that I can tell where you are? Yeah, I I agree that that because I would be one of them. I mean, if I'm out in, uh, say, like a rural area, and I don't know what kind of challenges it are for 911, uh, calling from 911 from like a, a rural area, but I can't imagine, you know, in a rural area trying to say, hey, you know, uh, what <laughs> what streets you on? How would I, I, I couldn't, I, I'd be one of those ones that couldn't tell you where I was at. It's, is is there challenges for nine one one rural call callers? You know, I don't get a lot of rural calls because um, being in the city of Columbus. But I tell you, what is a challenge is is highway and um, freeway. People, oh. people, you know, just and being a nine one one operator and just being in public safety in general, it made me start paying attention to little bitty things. I I watch mile markers now, and every now and then I'll just put it in my head, like when we travel or when I'm on the, especially when we travel uh, to Florida this uh, last year, I found myself looking at mile markers every so often, just so if something happens, I know what what's the last mile marker we passed. Because that's one of the things I'll ask people: What's the last mile marker you passed? Do you 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 know the green? The sign that's on the side of the road. Get, do you remember any of the numbers that was in the mile marker? Do you remember any exit number? Do you remember any uh, street? Because sometimes people can get so focused on where they're going. If they're going to, um, I'll just say Morris Road, 
They just know that that's where they're going, and they don't pay attention to any street or if they're on the highway, anything that they pass. So um, you just you you start to learn things of to ask people so that they okay I know you're a, you're about in this vicinity this is the this is where my bubble is showing so how I can if once we see where that bubble is or that that outline of where they where they where they last teens you if once you tend to know this once you know the city you can tend to look at the streets and say do you see this around you do you see that around you do you see this but we don't a lot of times we don't see the maps that we see they're very good maps but they may not have everything on them especially i know with new streets um I, you think about things that are uh the only new areas that i know right now that i can think of is um, up in the New Albany area where they're starting to put in new, all, a lot of these new streets and apartments that are going in. And um, it, it, those things may not, those streets may not show on, up on maps just yet. So you have to just get people to keep talking, to keep talking to, keep talking to me until you, to you and I come to something that I, that I can see on my map or that I know. I have one more question for Felicia. You know, I have my grandkids with me a lot. How can I teach them about 911? What what can I do? How to like uh, train your grandkids or young kids to to call 911? I always say it's important. It's important to train them how to. How to call nine one one because we've I've had so many children call nine one one and fortunately they've been you've been able to tell especially if they pick up if they pick up a landline then they're usually okay um, because we can get to them but on a cell phone you want to make sure that at a at whatever age you, the younger the youngest age possible that they know the address where are oh. you um, and a lot of times if they're over I'm over grand granddad's house, or um, and then we'll say, well, is there another adult there, or is there someone else that you can talk to? Is there someone? Can you take? Can you? Is where's your grand? Where's your granddad? What's going on with your granddad? Can you take this? Can we get another adult? Can some? Can you stay on the phone with me and someone else go get your neighbor next door? So the address is one of the most important things. Like. If if once the child knows an address of where they are, or if there's a per another adult that can um, that can get the information from us for us, that's always great. Okay, thank you, Felicia. We are so glad that you came on with us today to talk about the Columbus uh, City Fire Department and provide us information about the firefighters, the EMT and 911. I've learned a lot of information from talking, you know, to you today, and I'm sure Ernie has too, and that was a good question there, Ernie, and regarding the kids. Is there anything you want to say to our listeners real quick, Felicia, before we sign off? I'll, anytime, you, anytime you see us, you know, and if you have questions, please come up and ask. We're always, we're always um, willing to assist you in any way, and if you need anything, we have um, public outreach 
which is um, in public, I always tell people public outreach is usually where you can start. And if we don't know it, then we can direct, or we don't have it, we can direct you to where you need to go. And that's 614-645-7377. Thank you. Ernie, thank you for um, participating with me here today as my co-host. And Felicia, we thank you for uh, coming on and sharing all that good information with us. I completely enjoyed it. So this is Felice, your host. Peace out. The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Faith Thomas FDN.